0: All right, welcome back to another episode of Friends from Work. This is a podcast about all things in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it's a podcast that's hosted by me, Kyle Sconowell, and my longtime friend from work, Robbie Earle. You know, welcome to spring, everyone. Spring is a time for growth, for change, for blooming, and that's very similar to what's happening here on Friends From Work. And so if you notice that today's episode is a little bit shorter than normal, that's because it's a double episode day. Holy cow, we have a lot going on over at Friends From Work, and it's been so much fun to finally get to share some of the really exciting developments that we've been talking and hinting at for a long time.
1: So if you'll remember, last week, we officially launched the Friends From Work Discord server, So, even now, I think we've had a good chunk of folks come over. Mm -hmm. That's been a ton of fun. We've seen also a lot of new faces, folks that we've never seen before in the Slack. So, that's turning into kind of a a whole new, even kind of more exciting thing than I think we initially thought. This week, and you can hear way more about this in the episode that dropped in parallel to this one, we are rolling out Friends From Work Plus 2.0. There is a lot going on there, and it is all we think really exciting exciting for us we hope exciting for you go listen to that
0: so like robbie said please go check out friends from work plus 2.0 which by the way robbie friends from work plus 2.0 yes let's freaking go it's it's so exciting guys that we talked for so long about it that robbie's headphones died so we had to go switch mid podcast recording (laughs) uh Seriously, though, I think we recorded 45 minutes of just explaining the ways that we are evolving. Um, Please check that episode out. It's out today. Same feed, everything. Just click on it, listen to it, and uh, let us know what you think. Okay, but for today, I kind of wanted to shift gears and split this up now because we are officially turning the page, Rob, from Ant-Man and new developments, that type world, to Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, which is coming out in less than a month now, which means that you and I will probably see it in the next two weeks. So somehow, again, it has snuck up on us like crazy. One of the things we've done in the past that we kind of want to evolve and grow with is we've done these mailbag questions, but this time we want to do a mailbag episode that is more focused pre-us seeing Guardians or, or thinking about it at all. So I think what a better way to kick off our Guardians of the Galaxy coverage than listening to questions from our listeners that will help mm-hmm. inspire what we're calling today's episode Burning Questions about Guardians of the Galaxy. So I think without further ado, I would like to just jump in. Let's do let's it. Let's kind of rapid fire some of these. I have, I think, seven questions queued up here. Um, Yeah, I haven't really thought about them a ton, so let's just wing it. You want to do it?
1: I love it. I don't even know what these are yet.
0: Alright, so Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 comes out on May 4th, and here's what you had to say.
2: Hey Robbie and Kyle, this is Zach. I had a question uh, regarding the the Guardians holiday special on Rocket and how he was gifted from Nebula, um, Bucky's arm. So I understand he has this thing going on with uh, other other people's eyes and and arms and legs (laughs) and stuff like that. So I was wondering if there's going to be any address to that um, regarding the High Evolutionary and Rocket whole thing together. Um, But but my question was how are they actually going to fit that in the story? Do you think it was actual just a a gag regarding the holiday special or do you think they're actually going to use the arm in some sort of way because I feel like it's pretty prominent if it's Bucky's arm, his new Akandant arm So just wondering how they're going to fit that in the story. I'd love to hear what you guys think about it. And, uh, or do you think it was just some sort of non-canon gag? Um, Just get a (laughs) quick laugh. All right. Thank you guys. Keep it up.
0: I want to actually say here that I've thought this before myself a lot. Hmm. As I was going back and rewatching the guardians of the galaxy holiday special, which I just did last night.
1: Oh, ironically, okay, so you put it you put it midway through. So
0: I put it after Hawkeye for Christmas sake. Okay. Um, you know, they do that as a gag. It's supposed to be funny. I think that's right. ultimately right. what it's going to be, personally. But I've been wondering the same thing. Like, that's actually like somewhat of a big deal to just kind of throw out as a joke. You know what I mean? I, I think what yeah. they're gonna do is end up saying it's like a replica. Or something similar, right? That's what I'm guessing. Or do you think they'll never touch it?
1: I mean, my thing is, I feel like they could could do a fun, you know, quick frame showing Rocket, like, using the arm. And, And it's just like, if you know, you know. And if not, it's just some other kind of gadget that Rocket's come up with. I don't see it ever being dealt with extensively in on the Bucky side of things. Like, I don't feel like they'll ever have to explain like, Oh man, why well, don't on my arm? Cause rocket stole it. Like, I think he'll just have a replacement probably if that is the case. I don't think they're going to get ever try to get into the logistics of was it the actual arm. Was it a replica? Because I feel like there's no answer there. That's going to be well satisfactory or improve the joke.
0: Like Ant-Man says, I know it's dumb to get hung up on these things, <laughs> but is there a little bit of you that gets bothered that, like what is the actual canon there? That Bucky just donated his arm and had to get a different one? There has to be I'm not saying they're going to address it. I don't think they're going to. And actually, I'm gonna circle back on similar themed answers in a second here. Mm. But but uh I think the best headcanon would be that it's it's a replica arm.
1: <laughs> yeah, but then I just feel like it wouldn't be like because I feel like Rockets whole desire.
0: So you're, you're saying Rocket would give it back to Bucky the next time we see Bucky? Because Bucky's not going to have one arm when we see him.
1: No, no. But I, I guess, like, if, if to the extent we're having a headcanon, and I do think it's primarily just a it's a gag. Correct. Me but too, I also too. think, I, th- I do think, like, that scene is canon. And, you know, so I think that if I had to have a headcanon for it, I would maybe say that Bucky they found a way nebula found a way to actually steal his arm and and gave that arm to rocket i think bucky who is now like back on good terms with wakanda to the extent that he was able to get them to build a totally new custom suit for sam would be able to just call and say like this is embarrassing but i need a new arm and and they would give him a new arm and that i think next time we see him i will assume something like that has happened Okay. That's that's my own headcan.
0: All right, next question uh, is actually two questions. I'm going to put them back-to-back back because they're similar. All right, here you go. Okay. Hey, Robbie and Kyle, this is Neil. Uh, quick music question. Because the uh, awesome mixes are so great, people don't pay a lot of attention to Tyler Bates' scores, which I mm-hmm. think
2: are solid. Any thoughts on Bates or on the decision to go with John Murphy as composer now for the holiday special and for volume three? And since we're talking music, do you have a favorite meal drop in the first two films? Mine's got to be Cherry Bomb. All
0: right. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. Go back. Okay, then listen to this.
2: Hey, Kyle. Hey, Robbie. Um, hope you guys had a great Easter Sunday with your families. Calling again with more music questions. Um, wow. I know we're all sad that Tyler Bates isn't coming back for the score for Volume 3. Uh, so just... Wanted to hear more about your thoughts on that and how you think John Murphy is going to handle it in the future, what you want, what you don't want to see, et cetera. Okay. Have a great day, guys. Thanks. Bye.
1: Wow.
0: Great questions. I'll start again because I know there are a few questions. I'll have you start. Uh, Really quickly, let's just say our favorite needle drop, that first thing that Neil asked at the very end there, that's a hard one because I'm not screwing the question. But it is literally one of the things that revolutionized the MCU is how well Guardians did that. Right. Like that was such a thing that almost every one of them worked for me. Everyone does work for me. And yeah. I actually listen to the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, soundtracks uh-huh. of those needle drops on Spotify all the time. Like a lot of times oh, yeah. my background yeah. music is just those songs now. Um, right. The two that right away like jump out to me really quickly. And this is not just my favorite song, because I have favorite song right, from that. Right. But the ones that work the best, I think the Pina Colada thing when he flies out and and Drax says like, "Behold!" Like it's like yeah, a hero. And he's like, "Yeah, you're an idiot. Yeah. You're an imbecile." Because it's just <laughs> just the music he's stealing that one. And then the other one I always think of is the yeah yeah hey. But that's because it's the very beginning. But that but it's so
1: good and it sets the
0: tone so appropriately. Yeah. Cherry Bomb's are a great one, too, though, because that's when they're doing the slow-mo shot of them, like, getting yeah.
1: ready for the fight. Dude, man, yeah. The, the soundtrack in Volume 1 is so good. I think Hooked on a Feeling is the one that I could not get out of my head for the longest time after I saw the movie, and I still love the scene where that shows up. So I think that that's... And, and he's, and he's getting, you, like,
0: electrocuted, right? Well, yeah, he said, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Like, you've covered... So, and, and it's like the guy, like, has the... Uh, oh no, that that's going into into uh, the pina Colada song anyway. But yes, the the electrocuted. That's when like when they're being processed. So I love that one. Um, the other, just turning to volume two because yeah. I always feel like I need to give some of the volume two music stuff some love. Uh, I I re my my best like my favorite, maybe my favorite song.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: Placement and and like any MCU film. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, is the father and son yes, scene yes. at the very I, end. That was
0: my edit as you started talking. I'm like, but that might be the most effective one. Cat Stevens, father I mean, and son, because it like, makes me cry as I'm watching yeah, it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's. but I would say, so that's kind of in a category of its own. Um, and yeah, I don't. I, I will just say like, there are other really rad, like Ugh. Immigrant Song is obviously so huge and, and Ragnarok and like, but, and there are a ton of those moments in Guardians, but just in mm. terms of like the long the lasting impact, like, emotionally. The father and son choice is, like, huge and bringing that movie home in a way that resonates so much with you, for instance, even though so much of the movie, aside from the ending, doesn't. The other one that I want to shout out in volume two that I've talked about before, I really love the chain needle drops. I do not. And there are two. I know that. I know that about you, and it makes me— angry. (laughs)
0: Uh, I
1: I get that you hate. (laughs) Look, Here's the thing, Kyle. I get that you hate the album rumors. I get that you don't appreciate Fleetwood Mac at all as a band and just think that they're, they're generally lacking talent and merit. I get that. I I love them. You know,
0: murder you. If you say that ever again (laughs) on this podcast, I love Fleetwood Mac. I love so many songs for some reason. That one just doesn't do it for me in that exact spot, but you know that Wow. Either of the spots? Correct. The first one is better than the second one. The final one when he's like fighting his dad really doesn't work. I don't mind it when they're first like picking up, you know, steam and kind of.
1: Um Yeah. Wow. Well, there you go. My,
0: well, here's my last shout out. Uh I love the song Lakeshore Drive. I'm not saying it's the best needle drop, but when I'm listening mm. to the playlist, bloom, 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 yeah, I listen to it all the time. That might be my most mm-hmm. listened to just track. Wow. Hey, and by the way, to tie us all together, maybe people need to look into uh, Friends From Work Plus 2.0 where we can get into the best needle drops and other discussions over on Friends From yep. Work Plus. Again, check that episode out. Okay, now to bring it all the way back, people know that I am probably a larger fan of Tyler Bates than most people and his work mm-hmm. in the first two Guardians. It is my favorite thing about the second Guardians film, which I'm not a big fan of, Uh And I am legitimately bummed out that he's not brought back. I think on this podcast, I've said a couple of times, like, I don't get that. That doesn't make sense to me. It's not like he dropped the ball. In fact, like far from it. I think it's one of the better all around scores in the MCU. So I just don't get that. It's clearly a personal relationship thing that like, you know, that James Gunn got close with John Murphy or something. I think something else happened there. Not, not, sorry. I don't mean to imply something bad happened. I just mean that he maybe wanted to try something different. I wouldn't have done that. So to tie my final answer, what do I hope he does? Well, I hope that John Murphy still works in the main theme. Like, please do not go away from it now. Like, it's maybe a top five theme for me, period. The Guardians Mm -hmm. of the Galaxy theme. My wife knows that. You guys all know that. Please don't go away from that. Do not rewrite it like they do in Love and Thunder. Please do not start over. And then... Outside of that, I think there's a lot of flexibility for him to work in a new theme for the new yeah. people that you find. So just don't mess with the main one. That's my big takeaway.
1: I, well, and I think one one key distinction that would make me kind of more disappointed in them going away from that theme here than even in Thor is we talked forever about how like Thor had three different themes. Correct. And then the, you know, the genius I, I thought of Motherspa was being able to combine them all. Yes. But in retrospect, like we even talked about this, I think before, yes. like they sort of closed the chapter on like Thor the King by blending all these together. And, and so I was more okay with them starting a new thing with Guardians, you with can't it being start the last over. installment yeah. and it being, and they've had such a memorable theme throughout, like that would be, yeah, that would be a real bummer to me.
0: I guess lastly there too, I don't mean this as a slight at all, but because there was such little time to work with in the holiday special, I don't leave the holiday special thinking like, wow, the music was super magical, super special. Yeah. And then I Googled John Murphy and I didn't realize that his filmography is actually a ton of like classic horror things. He has like a very horror background and a lot of movies that he was famous for in like 2005. So I'm
1: looking at this now, huh? Yeah,
0: I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to expect.
1: So I I I just I should say I liked the I liked the holiday special stuff. I mean me too, it me was too. sort of but no, but but like it was kind of it was perfect for what they were intending, which is this kind of classic, almost claymation feeling Christmas soundtrack where it's like a lot of little bells and like kind of elf sounding okay, uh, another MCU I, composer. Oh
0: my gosh. I love that you said that because even compared to Debney's elf. Yeah. Like elf has that. Yeah. I actually, Which is one of the best yeah. Christmas themes ever written.
1: It's a really good theme. It
0: makes me emotional just listening to it. And yeah. I didn't get that from Murphy's. Like there's there's pretty music. Yeah, that's true. There's pretty music, yeah. but there it's not that level. It doesn't ever do that. So
1: yeah. it's not bad. Although, I just
0: don't walk away going like, wow, holy cow, go check that out.
1: It is yeah, it is interesting how like talk I thought about Debney earlier because like between Iron Man and Iron Man two, like I think John Favreau had been familiar with with Debney because of Elf, had used him in prior projects, liked his stuff, I think wanted him on Iron Man, was not able to get him, and so they had, because he had a conflict, and had Ramin come in. Again, what's crazy to me, that that score is, I think, only one of two ever nominated for best score at the Academy Awards, which is wild to me, I the roll. first Iron Man score. Um, anyway, it's just crazy it's that and Black Panther. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> <laughs> after that score he br- then brought debney back so it's sort of a similar thing where you can tell if there is a if someone's enjoyed working with a certain composer i do feel like there's this okay well now you'll just kind of be my go to and so maybe that is what happened with with gunn and murphy
0: it's so funny listening to that you can just instantly tell john debney's strengths the second you hear it. Like, when he does the Welcome to the Stark Expo thing, it's yeah, so, just like, that's that. yeah. his scene. Like, holy cow. This is, this is as good as it could be for, like, a classic, like, feel-good, like, elf vibe. When yeah. you're asking him to do, like, it doesn't yeah. quite work as well. I don't dislike it. But, like, that's stretching him in a way that I don't think is beneficial. So, wow, what a tangent. Yeah. Anyways, in elf, unbelievable. Don't think I got that for me in the
1: Guardians. All and- special. I would say also just in closing the music one, I just don't, and this is the tricky thing with James Gunner, and it's why I'm so impressed by Tyler Bates. I just don't remember noticing the score in Suicide Squad. I remember noticing the soundtrack again, and we have it and it's great. Uh, But I just don't, if people out there that are more familiar with this movie, let me know if I'm wrong and if it's incredible. I'm not saying it's bad. I just, I don't remember it. And that to me is a little telling.
0: Okay, three back to back to back questions that are very similar themes that you're gonna like. It's like the next chunk of this Burning Questions episode. Here you go. Okay. Hey, it's Warren. Uh my only Guardians Galaxy question is Who
2: do we think's gonna die? Who do we think's gonna live? Oof. Are they gonna reform a new Guardians of the Galaxy for like a part two? Is high evolutionary going to play a bigger role in MCU or is he a woman done? Hey, right, that's my question. I'm going to go black
0: out now. <laughs> he gets so nervous. Love I love it. Okay, uh, love the reason I'm playing that first is because so many people, like, you don't like this, the prediction side of it, which is, like, who's going to die, who's going to make it, and will we see other characters? Hey, guys. Uh, Josh in D.C., long-time listener. Uh, love the work you do. Uh, as far as Guardians
2: Volume 3 goes, I'm wondering... If uh, if this is something where we're going to start seeing more uh, multiverse characters, um, you know, mm. it's been a while since we knew about Adam Warlock, but could we see something else that has to do with him elsewhere? Is this going to be a one and done? Is there any cameos that we're going to see from other movies, or are they going to be regulated just to, you know, post-credit scenes? I wonder who you think might make appearances. Any multiverse stars? Could we see something really strange? no pun intended, (laughs) with this movie. Thanks, guys. I'll hang up and listen.
0: So who's going to die? Are we going to see other characters and other cameos, other things tied in, and then? Mm
2: -hmm. Hey, so John Abram Earl here. Um, It's clear in the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer that they're alluding to some sort of coming of age, coming of, you know, an end time to the Guardians. Um, Do we think this is the last time we'll see Rocket and or the Guardians?
0: Okay. You see why I played those all together.
1: Okay, that last one is my little brother. What? That's my, that's my brother that, uh, that called in. I, was not, I wasn't prepared for that. I love that.
0: I didn't know that either. I couldn't, because yeah. I thought he said Wild. from Earl, and I didn't John, know.
1: John Abram Earl. John yeah, Abram is his, is his, Earl. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I don't know. Well, well, what's up, John Abram?
0: Hi. That's incredible. So I did fun. Not, I truly didn't know that. I couldn't understand I, the beginning of it, so I didn't
1: know. And I had no, I, <laughs> I had no reason to expect that until I heard his voice, and then was like, "Wait a second, yeah, wow, That's wow, so super funny." Fun.
0: Okay, okay. There's two things I need to share here really quickly. I just read an article, I think last week, from James Gunn, mm. uh, and based on a few other things I've heard. I really get the sense that this is not tied at all. Like, he was panicked about what they did at the end of Endgame because he was like, Thor is not a part of my Guardians 3. And he was, yeah. like, so thankful that Tyka quote, took a bullet by having Thor join the Guardians in his film. And, like, the way he talked about it was very much like, no, I have a story I want to yeah. tell. It closes the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy, and I get almost the sense that he's almost annoyed whenever the Guardians got brought into other things. And that's maybe unfair for me, but I've said this so many times on this podcast. If there's one thing we know about James, it's like he has so much care, passion, and obsession for like the film part of what he's trying to tell. Like that part mm-hmm. of the story, it's his story. It's his baby. And I don't get the sense that he's super interested in the greater MCU at all, which is one of the critiques I have of guardians of the galaxy too. So I am going into this film expecting there to be very few to zero cameos tie into the multiverse. Um, mm-hmm. Any characters you've seen in Dr. Strange, any of that, I expect none of it personally.
1: Yeah, I think I'm I'm in a similar spot. Uh, I think so. To, to answer, I guess to answer the actual questions that I remember, I I don't I don't think that we're going to get any multiverse stuff here. It makes me think of what Taika said ahead of Love and Thunder, which is this is not a multiverse film. This is a single verse film. <laughs> uh, I think that that's what's going to happen here. I also just Guardians has always been about kind of exploring the 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 galaxy, right? Like getting out into these other worlds. I don't think there's any reason to start. Like people are already kind of confused about like dimensions and universes. And like, I don't think that there's any reason to mix and match that in this particular film. So I don't think multiverse stuff. And similarly, I don't think that we're going to get follow-ups like on that front or even kind of in in what we would consider to be the main through-line narratives that we've gotten post-Endgame so far. But what I could see happening is the introduction of elements of kind of the cosmic MCU that we haven't really gotten that I think like in the same way that Guardians 1 sort of opened the door for some of that stuff, even if it wasn't doing so intentionally, I think Guardians 3 could, like for example... We've had these talks about the, the Nova project forever. The Nova Corps got decimated, you know, by Thanos. And now we're kind of seeing the Guardians seemingly becoming like a new Nova Corps. There's sort of precedent for that being a thing in the comics where, like, I wonder if this becomes the like a, a way for certain, like, for, we talked about this last week about how, the, how Secret Invasion seems to be kind of giving us a version of the more classic scrolls like the bad guy, you know, evil alien scrolls. And I kind of feel like now this could be setting up, you know, a, or giving us the chance to have a more classic version of like the Nova Core where we actually have like a Richard Rider Nova. And I wonder if just bit by bit we're going to have things populate the cosmic side of Marvel properties that, again, we just never had time to explore because we really only had The Guardians, and James Gunn wanted those movies to be so focused, and then we were at Infinity War and and Endgame, to where now it's like, I mean, there are, like, talking about classic Jim Starlin stuff or talking about, like, more more recent stuff from the 2000s and forward, a ton of, like, really, really well-loved cosmic stories, like, including Silver Surfer stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, all these characters, even some that we... Maybe associate with the Fantastic Four that are, have kind of gotten lives beyond that. And, and now. so I could see this planting the seeds for those kinds of characters to start appearing, even if it doesn't introduce those characters, if that makes sense.
0: I a thousand percent agree with you. I think there's a give and take there. I think I would ask our audience or urge our audience don't go in expecting. Doctor Strange level of cameos like from the trailer and so like if you're looking for it to be super tied into the multiverse saga they're telling right now I think you would be disappointed personally but I think the positive side of that is like of all the films in the last year and a half this is probably the least I am concerned about from a filmmaking perspective if it's going to be super quality. Like I am almost so certain it's going to look incredible. The music's going to fit perfectly. It's going to sound incredible. It's going to be a cool story. And I know that James Gunn has literally poured his heart into telling the story of these characters. So if you go Mm -hmm. in expecting a good movie, I think you're gonna be really pleased personally. Yeah. Now to who is going to die. We don't know. We never know. And we're not usually in the speculation business, but because a lot of people are wondering this, do you have a take one way or the other? I'll start. Um, again, just guessing pure speculation, warning, warning, Kevin Malone. This is, (laughs) I don't think Adam Warlock is a one-off. I think he'll be around. Mm -hmm. Um, again, guessing I could also see the high evolutionary, not being a one-off and staying Mm -hmm. around. Um, I think that half of the Guardians are going to die, and I'm basing it on uh, more external circumstances than anything. I think think Drax is going to die, partially Mm. because Dave Bautista is ready to move on. So I think they're not even going to leave that door open.
1: And I could see him also, he and James Gunn both wanting to kind of restore some like seriousness to that character.
0: Yes. Like a huge sacrifice or something. So that like Drax is the ultimate play there. I think that star Lord will survive because I think that Pratt would be open to returning to that role in another facet. This Mm -hmm. is again, I guess. Ironically, I I, I was like 90% sure rocket's dead because of all the marketing and how James Gunn has talked about this is Rocket's story, but I almost feel like it's so on the nose and Bradley Cooper would be so easy to return that maybe that's like a red herring that it is. It is Rocket's story, but he actually survives. I don't know. I'm 50, 50 on that one. Oh uh, yeah. Rocket might be, might be dead. I can't decide on that one. Nebula, I think wants to be a part of this universe. So I think there's more. It's hell. There survives. Gamora survives because they're not going to re-kill her. Um, mm-hmm. And so then maybe that leaves Mantis dying. I don't know. Groot dying Man. again? I don't know. No, Groot stays. Groot stays. So there, we we won't.
1: Yeah, okay. So we won't talk about this. This is funny because I know this is now a running joke. Uh, I'm not going to get into this now, <laughs> actually. I promise. But there is a a pretty massive Marvel story I think from the Roy Thomas era in the 70s um, called Celestial Madonna that is this big kind of cosmic trippy, you know, back in the like. Acid dipped era of Marvel Comics, uh, that is all about Mantis as a character. It's like a pretty massive story. She's a very different character in the comics, uh, and in, in the level of significance and again, kind of seriousness. And because we've gotten some some hints from Gunn that this is a really big character. This is like a, a an actor that I think people should be paying more attention to. Part of me thinks that there's more room for Mantis than Okay, than most of the Guardians to kind of like stick around and find the new role.
0: Okay, so um, let me go Drax and Rocket, yes, die.
1: Okay. I so I think, I think I agree with you on Drax. I think I probably agree on Rocket, although I'm with you that like it feels almost too it's like the way we felt about Hawkeye going into Age of Ultron, where it's like you feel so much like they're foreshadowing it that I'm like. But they won't kill Gamora, right? You agree with that? I don't think they'll kill Gamora or Nebula because or Groot because they've kind okay. in different ways. Yes, agreed. You know they could, right? I don't think it would be horrible if they did. Quill,
0: they could kill. It's possible.
1: They could. The, so here's the 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 three that I want to. The thing with <laughs> specifically, um, Rocket, Quill, and. Well, I guess really just Rocket and Quill, I would say. Uh, okay. I'm a little, like, I'm I'm wondering what it would look like for those characters to continue on. Okay. And in part because I just, I think that, like, the way that they were integrated and, like, they were, those two characters and Gamora, although Gamora, like we said, is sort of in a different boat because she's already died, but they were the ones that were really heavily featured in Infinity War and Endgame, mm-hmm. uh, especially Rocket and, in, in, well, in both. And so I think we've gotten so much development there and we've, gotten, we've already gotten the like, oh, here's a talking raccoon. Crazy, he's interacting with people on Earth. And we're
0: about to get so much more development on him.
1: Yeah, yeah, that I'm like, I just don't, I don't know if there's anywhere else I can see them utilizing that because it's not as though like, it's not as though, well, I don't know. See, there's, there see, are ways they could do it. Right. But,
0: but Quill could could theoretically survive, go back to Earth, maybe join the Avengers, like, just be a different but, thing. I do think the Guardians of the Galaxy, as we know them, will be gone. Like, I don't think yeah. it will be, like, a group that travels around and helps.
1: Well, and that's why, like, yeah, I wonder if there's, talking again about some kind of older cosmic-y stuff that these things that are known as... as big moments within uh, the Marvel mythology. Peter Quill, as he was originally introduced, was also a totally different character than than what James Gunn gave us. Now, since the comics have come to kind of reflect Gunn's iteration of all of these characters to some degree, but originally, like, Star-Lord was a much more, uh, almost like, a, like a, 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 well, because of the stories he shows up in, like, more of like a military leader, Uh, Like you see him working within just, it's a lot grimmer. It's not like, and I don't think that they would ever change Chris Pratt's character entirely, but I just am thinking as I'm talking about, like if we did keep that character around, if things were to kind of progress cosmically, I could see him being our anchor to okay, like our, our our kind of point of view for seeing some of these other things unfold and him being the link to earth now to where like, if like there's a particular story in Hickman's Avengers, that we'll be coming to soon enough, that it's kind of the halfway point between the start of his run and Secret Wars, where it ends. That's a very cosmic, not multiverse, like space battle, like this massive epic thing. And that there's a way where I could see the MCU doing some version of these other comics from like earlier days combined with some version of that. In a way to lead up to Secret Wars that would make sense and kind of keep us on a trajectory that would also give Peter Quill, like, a really prominent and important and totally different role that would finally not cheapen the fact that he's still around. Like, I don't think we would see Peter out with, like, a new group where it's like, these are my new guardians, or even if it's something else, but I could see him involved with, like, larger... Enterprises like a new Nova Corps or yeah. some other, you know, some other group.
0: So you mostly agree with me, because that's what I think too.
1: <laughs> yeah. We'll no, see. I think that's right. Look, you know, anytime I, I have the opportunity to to just talk about my <laughs> my feelings on a thing versus make a hard call yeah, correct. that can be seen as, as like a black and white prediction. <laughs> I'm going to take that option A every time, even if no one even gave it to me.
0: We are anti-clickbait. Even if we wanted to try, we couldn't do it.
1: (laughs) Yep. You're like... Clickbait. I'm just going to... He
0: could die, but I could also see him doing this. (laughs) Click on this to hear more.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Friends from work. Well, that's an interesting question.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Friends from work. I'm not going to get into this now, but let me give you a little explanation of what I mean. Dot, dot, dot. Rapid fire. I think three or four fun ones. Ready? Ready?
1: Hey guys, this is Carter.
2: My burning question for Volume 3 is, will we see the return of Celestia Stallone and the other Ravagers from Volume Two's credit scene? And can we potentially see them form a new Guardians team with Adam Warlock and the surviving members of the main crew? Love the podcast, guys. Keep it up.
0: Uh, I do think we'll see some ravagers and some cameos there. I think it'd be a little weird because James Gunn's so particular about his story that he would just leave that out there. So I'm not surprised that Sylvester Stallone's not in the marketing, but I, I would be surprised if he doesn't make an appearance in the film and maybe on the last question, probably not a group like that, but like you said, I do. I do see this movie maybe expanding the cosmic side. That we look back in eight years and be like, "Oh, mm-hmm. remember when Guardians three like really opened up this door?" And right. it might be something like that. That Warlock's around still or something.
1: Yeah. I yeah. I don't. I think that Adam Warlock is going to wind up kind of having his own role beyond this. Uh, he's such an interesting. Character that I think they're going to want to kind of milk a lot out of, and and so I think, and and I mean, Will Poulter as a as an actor, I think is going to be able to give them a lot of really yep. interesting things moving forward. So I think he will continue on in some other capacity. I don't see it being in in a team like that necessarily, um, but I do think the Stallone, like it would be a little. It's weird because I don't know that. How that would necessarily tie back in at this point because the only could be a cameo, though. That's it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, I think something like that. I, the what I was going to say is it's just you're right. James Gunn was so intentional about having that scene. What, What if
0: like all the other Ravagers, like Rise of Skywalker style, show up to help in the last fight or something?
1: Yeah, that could be cool. That could be cool. You know,
0: or something like that. I mean,
1: yeah. No, I I could see it. for. I don't think it's going to be a a key part at all, but I could see it being something that shows up in in some way. Hey, friends. This is Tanner. Um, I'm definitely not a scroll. I have (laughs) two kind of on the fun side questions for you for
2: Guardians. First of all, do you think it's possible that Rocket Raccoon's origin will be tied to him being an actual raccoon from planet Earth? And second question, do you think it's possible – do you think it's more possible – that Drax will die or that Drax will just be slowed down
1: enough that we can no longer see him. (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. (laughs) I enjoyed those.
0: That's my response too. I enjoyed it. I actually think if Rocket, that'd be funny if he was from Earth. I'm trying to think if that would like downplay any actual character beats. I know those are not serious questions, but. Yeah. It could be could kind s- of funny, and maybe like he was also brainwashed. But he doesn't even remember he's from Earth. Yeah, in that process, you know, of being created or whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean, it. I, I. mean, I feel like there's going to wind up being, it, well, which maybe this is obvious now, but a link between him and the High Evolutionary. So I think in some ways that's going to be a question about that's true. The the High Evolutionary's origins within the MCU too, uh, and that's why like I can already see how. James Gunn, one thing I've always thought he's so good at, even in volume two for the issues that that we've raised, I think he does, like, when you get to the end of volume two, it's kind of remarkable how much the different threads that he puts out in the opening, like, 10 or 15 minutes of the movie all come back and tie together, like, pretty perfectly. Like the batteries? Again, yeah, right. Like whether you whether you like those threads, but like he's got a kind of a deft hand in terms of making like the 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 things we've talked about with certain movies, things feeling kind of shoehorned in. That's not a thing that I right, have him. ever felt from a gun issue or, or from a gun uh, project. So yeah, I think I think that the Agreed. rocket high evolutionary plot is shaping up to be a, a really like, a really interesting and a really compelling one.
0: Last question, and I saved this one for last because you're going to have to take uh, the lead on this here. And you may not Mm. know this either, but here you go.
2: Hey, guys, Will here. My question was, I believe in the comics, Adam Warlock has the soul gem in his forehead. Uh, But what do you guys think they're going to explain that to be in the movie since, obviously, we don't have the soul gem or soul
1: stone anymore? Anyway, yeah, thank you. Man, that is a really great question. And I kind of like I I want to do ahead of probably honestly the the comics corner stuff on Friends From Work Plus is going to be Adam Warlock heavy because it's just a character that we've never really delved into at all and and like I've said already in this episode there's so much to that character, but that's the one of the biggest question marks for me. Uh I would say that you know the 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 Jim Starlin Adam Warlock like, Infinity Gauntlet stuff and Infinity War, th- those are the more, f- I would think, the most famous Adam Warlock stories. And the Soul Stone is a big, it's a big part of that in a way that I think, like, I do think actually makes the Soul Gym make a lot more sense than it does in the MCU. Like, the MCU, they, it doesn't not make sense. They just don't really go into it. It's kind of this Correct. hand-wavy, like, you know... But The
0: other stones, you could explain their powers, but that one, you're like, uh, it just right. is something.
1: And the, <laughs> the it is sort of a core part of Adam Warlock's role and, and the way that he deals with the Infinity Stones as a contrast to how Thanos does. Like, there's a lot of stuff there that I'm like, if we don't have Thanos around, that's an interesting change with what Adam Warlock will be moving forward. And yeah, if we don't have the Soul Stone around or the Soul Gem, which means in the... You know, we, we did kind of get this in the MCU, this, like, soul stone plane. Uh, like, but that's a, a much bigger thing within the Marvel comics. Like, it's an actual, like, mm. place, you know? And, and so, I, it's almost the opposite of, like, the Doctor Strange feelings I had after, after Infinity War, where I'm like, okay, they've now made the Eye of Agamotto the time stone, but that's such a big part of of Doctor Strange's character in the comics. What is he going to be like moving forward? Without that, it's uh, like the reverse here, where like he they've made such a big part in the comics about a thing that that was never even in the the MCU version. By the time Adam Warlock comes in, sorry, I said that in a confusing way. I My see, point I is see what like, you're saying, yeah, it's so. I I don't know. I think. They're going to have to figure out. James is going to have to figure out a way, and I'm sure that he he did a long time ago, probably, because he I, he probably knew early on by the time he even did Guardians uh, that the Infinity Stones were going to be the subject of a much larger arc, you know, within the Avengers movies. And so I I have to imagine that if he's had the script written for as long as he has, and given that Adam Warlock tease in volume two, that he's figured out a, a way to make that character unique and kind of give him some of the same qualities and powers. But uh, but yeah, great question and one that I've thought about a good bit. And I, I do think that's going to merit its own discussion and, like I said, probably a, a reading um, over on Friends from Work Plus.
0: And just more reason that it's too big of a character, I think, to just have die in one movie. Oh, and, yeah. and Will Poulter's too powerful of a movie star to have do one movie, I think. So Right. I think you'll stick Agreed. around. Um, thank you, everyone, for sending those in. That's really fun. I actually always enjoy those, not just because of the content, but also to hear everyone's voices.
1: I love I know. Them. And I, one, yeah, thank you all for sending those and for all the kind words uh, throughout those messages. All of y'all were way nicer than you had to be. You could have shouted questions mm-hmm. at us and demanded that we answer them. And we still oh. would have. Play uh, yah yah
0: but- ding dong. Play ya-ya <laughs> ding dong.
1: <laughs> oh man, Candace is actually planning a Eurovision like the event, not the not the movie <laughs> like watch party in the coming months. I, that I'm I think that's my of.
0: first ever Eurovision shout out on this podcast.
1: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, I I don't even. Anyway, I <laughs> I also just cannot get over the fact that uh, that my brother showed up on the uh, on the show. So shout out John Abram. Thanks for for. Calling in and uh, listening.
0: So, full disclosure Robbie and I have now been talking for four hours and 15 minutes today. Uh, we started at one o'clock and it is now five Oh eight. Uh wow. Unbelievable. So much fun today. Check out our episode about Friends from Work Plus 2.0 and the big announcements going on over there. Check out last week's episode for more explanation on Screensaver and Discord. I'm even getting lost. And then. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this today. Next week is full-blown Guardians mode with one of our favorite episodes, which is Mm -hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy, the saga so far. We'll be throwing back to our old-school-style saga so far episode, just talking about, in the MCU, where have these characters been? What plot lines can we trace before this film so that you are as prepped for this movie as ever before? And then, as a little side note, we're trying to make sure we have a friendly reminder available on YouTube, Mm -hmm. which is a scripted quick 10 minute thing to catch you up. If you've never seen any of the guardians movies before you now go see guardians of the galaxy volume three. So, so much coming. And then behind the scenes, Robbie and I are trying to plan maybe flights to California again. <laughs> just just a lot. Oof. We're so excited about all this. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Please rate, review, subscribe, listen, tell your friends, share it. Check out Friends from Work Plus, all of that stuff. And then we'll see you next week here on Friends from Work.